let's open our Bibles to uh, Psalm 8. The eighth Psalm. And we're going to call this message today, Praise Your Way to Victory. Praise Your Way to Victory. And I believe that if you'll listen to what I share with you today and apply it in your life, it'll help you. Can I have an amen? Amen. I said, I believe if you'll listen to what I share with you from the Word of God and apply it in your life, I believe it'll help you. So let's let's pray and ask the Lord's help that uh, the the Word will go forth uh, with power and it'll come into our hearts and help us and change us and deliver us and make us victorious. How many think it's okay to be victorious? I mean, I think some folks maybe don't think it's, it's such a good idea to be victorious, but it's good to be victorious, amen? I was thinking about the scripture. It's not in my message. This is, this is extra before I get to the message, but you know, the scripture says, it kind of goes like, uh, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees, lest that which is lame is turned out of the way. In other words, our victory helps others. When they see that we can walk in victory, even in difficult situations, it helps others to come into the healing that God has for them. Can I have an amen? Amen. The Lord's calling us to be a victorious church, and you are that victorious church. So let's pray. Father, we give you praise today, and we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the country church. We thank you for each person that's here, each family that's represented, each older person, each younger person, all of us, Lord. We thank you for each one, O oh God, and we give you praise for the word of God that it will not return void today, Lord, but it will accomplish what it was sent forth to do in Jesus' name. We just praise you, Lord. We just, yes, we just take charge of the atmosphere today that you would be glorified in this place, Lord, that your spirit would be sensed, that your spirit would have free course in this place in Jesus' name. And we just break every spirit of depression, discouragement, hopelessness in Jesus' name, every spirit of defeat. We break it right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we thank you for empowering us, Lord, to be witnesses for you in Jesus' name. And all the people shouted, hallelujah. And all the people shouted just a little better. Hallelujah. We got a good amener over here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to read the eighth Psalm today and talk about it a little bit. And then we'll go from there. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies to silence. Everybody say silence. To silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, think about it today, which you have established What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you attend to him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels 
and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatever travels the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I don't know about you, but I like bragging on God. He's so awesome. My father's so awesome. Amen. It's like the little kid goes to school and says, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, my daddy is wonderful. Amen. My father is awesome. Amen. His glory is above the heavens. He is so almighty. Praise God. And we give him glory. And he starts talking here about when I consider the stars and the moon, you know, have you thought about the stars and the moon? You go out and they're, they're just hanging there somewhere. God just put them there and that's just the way that's going to be. And, and the Bible says that he stretched out the stars uh, with his arm, with his hands, like, like we put up a pup tent. God did those things. And he says, when I think of those things, what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, we're so small and he's so big. And yet God, it says, he made us a little lower than the angels. Interesting, in the, in the original Hebrew, the word there where it says angels is Elohim, which is God. Some translations just say, made us a little lower than God. And gave us dominion on the earth. Think of it. God gave us dominion. Folks, we have dignity. We have purpose. We're not animals. And we're not to live like animals. We're to see our responsibility and our authority in this earth. And we're to use that authority. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so I believe that's really what he's talking about here in the second verse. When he says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. You know, how do we rule but through our mouths? In Proverbs, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 23, you will have whatever you say. We take dominion through the words that we speak. And he says here, even the babes and suckling children, nursing children, you have ordained strength from their mouth. God has ordained strength from our mouths. For what purpose? That you might steal the enemy and the avenger. Now, how many know we have an enemy? Satan is the enemy. And he's always sowing negative, hurtful, defeating thoughts. The Bible calls them strongholds. And Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The things that I was talking about in in the United Kingdom and also are going on in the United States and all over the world where people's minds are corrupted. Those are strongholds. See, there's strongholds on individual minds, and then there's strongholds on different cultures and different nations. 
because Satan has found a foothold in people's minds. And I've come to tell you today, Christian, that the devil cannot defeat you unless he can defeat you in your mind. Amen. Because we have authority over him. We have victory over him. And Jesus Christ has defeated the devil. And he says here, he's ordained strength because of our enemies that he might still the voice of the enemy and the avenger. The devil's always coming with his junk at our minds. You know, you're never going to really be able to live right. You just weak. You're always going to be sick. Your family's always going to be a mess. That business is never going to make it. Seeds of doubt and defeat. Oh, oh, the world's going to hell and there's no hope. I have hope. Hallelujah. I have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. I have hope in his word. Praise God. And so I speak instead of the thoughts of the devil, I'm going to speak what God says. Amen. I'm going to agree with what God said. Can I have an amen? He said, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing children, you've ordained strength. Even the youngest Christian can speak to principalities and powers. You say, oh, you've got to really have, you know, deep training to do this. God says, once you're born again, you've got authority. Amen. Remember the prodigal son when he came home? He gave him a, a ring for his finger. That represents authority. He gave him shoes for his feet. That's how you walk with your feet and they're good for trouncing the devil because the devil has no right to be anywhere in our lives except under our feet. Can I have an amen? And so we need to use our authority. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now it's interesting that in the uh, 21st chapter, and let's just turn over there. We have to look up a few verses today. 21st chapter of the book of Matthew. It tells the story of Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. What we call uh, Palm Sunday. And as you know, he came in, they, they got a donkey for him, and he came into town riding a donkey. The king came riding on a donkey. He came humble, riding on a donkey, but he's the triumphant king. And I believe as I was thinking about that, that that's symbolic of his victory. That he, he came to Jerusalem as the victor, as the king. Praise God. And the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, you don't need to go there, but Colossians 2, 15 says, He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Over them. Jesus, when he rose from the dead... He is and ascended. He defeated the devil. Amen. Amen. And it used to be when kings would get a victory, they would come back into town riding on a horse, or in some cases, a donkey. A donkey was a, a symbol of, you know, he's coming with peace, even though he's got great strength. But they would also come, sometimes they would drag the enemies behind. They would have them, have them in chains, and they would bring them and parade them through the streets. And that's really the picture that Paul's talking about in Colossians when he said he triumphed over them in it. 
He triumphed over the devil through his resurrection, through his ascension, and he gave us that victory. Amen. So here's Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and the people just get excited. They're praising, and, and they're laying the, the palm trees, you know, on the ground, and, and he's coming in. They're shouting. And the, the priests were very unhappy about it. Well, then he goes into the temple, and he make, it goes from bad to worse because he overturns the tables of the money changers, amen, threw them out. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And then the children in the temple come, and they start praising Jesus. Hallelujah. I think another, in another place, that going back to the when they came into town, the priests were complaining into that. When Jesus came into town, he says, if they were quiet, the rocks would cry out. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want the rocks to have to cry out. I'll do the praising. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to do some praising of the Lord. But the children were praising him in the temple, and the priests, religious leaders, got very upset. It says in verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the, the priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were extremely displeased and said unto him, Do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said unto them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouths of children and infants, you have perfected praise? So in the New Testament where we see him quoting what we had just read in Psalm 8.2, instead of saying ordained strength, he says perfected praise. Perfected praise. I want to say this to you today, that praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon for spiritual warfare. Remember that. Praise is a weapon that God has given you for spiritual warfare. Now, why should we praise the Lord? Well, first of all, because it's the will of God, and he tells us to. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. How often? That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So we are to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. And sometimes it's more of a sacrifice than others. Amen. I mean, when everything's going good, amen. Uh, when the church house is full, amen, and the, and the finances are coming in, amen, or when your business is flowing great, you know, it's pretty easy to praise God. But when difficult times, it's harder. Amen. And uh, he says, the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to praise. And this morning we had an opportunity to put this message into practice on the way out here because, you know, we were, we were coming along. I thought, man, we're going to be there in nice order, nice time, you know, and, and uh, that's good. I'll have time to set up my books, you know, and get the video lined up and so forth. All of a sudden we're driving down 14, says detour. And we turn north and we just keep going, you know. And we just barely made it here by 10 o'clock. So we had an opportunity to, to do the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Because in those situations, there's a, there's a temptation to murmur and complain. And I definitely felt it at that time. Can you have an amen? 
But I want to say this, when we murmur and complain, amen, we glorify the devil. And we give him power in our lives. But when we praise God, we join the victory parade to defeat the devil. Can I have an amen? amen? Now remember, he's already been defeated. All we're doing is just agreeing with his defeat. That's what we do when we praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So many scriptures tell us to praise the Lord. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That doesn't say for everything give thanks, but it says in everything give thanks. This is a lesson that we need to learn, amen, that when things are going tough, when, when the weather is not the greatest, amen, when the winter seems to be eternal, are you here today? Uh, when the skies are gloomy, amen, every day, every day, every day, give thanks to the Lord, amen. Because the sun is shining up there. Hallelujah. And his grace is sufficient for you today and every day, no matter what the circumstances. Can I have an amen? I feel like preaching today. Hallelujah. All right. Psalm 41, 40, uh, 34, 1. I will bless the Lord. How often? At all times. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Now turn again, say, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. I want to tell you how to walk in victory. Let that praise be in your mouth continually. Praise God. Psalm 33, 1 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Other translation says, fitting. For the righteous, it's just normal to give praise. I'm always saying, praise the Lord. Sometimes people make fun of me. (laughs) They think it's real strange. I think it's just normal Christianity. The Bible says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you should show forth the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his glorious light. Jesus died on Calvary for your sins. He rose again to give you the victory. Now it's time to shout that victory. Can I have an amen? Praise God. Oh, clap your hands. Psalm 47.1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Now, thanks be to God. This is 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge of us in every place. Thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph. We are to be a triumphant people. Now, I'll be the first to admit to you, life is not always easy and the path is not always smooth. But you got to learn to praise your way through it. Amen. You got to learn to praise your way through it because the Bible is true. The Bible is more true than the reality that we see with our eyes. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
I remember when I was a young Christian, I was going through financial problems, great difficulties, and this Christian brother came to me, and he says, you know the Bible says? <laughs> he says, our light affliction, which is just for a moment, works in us a far great, greater and eternal weight of glory. And I didn't want to hear that at all. <laughs> but it's the truth. Amen. What we go through in this life relative to eternity is just light affliction. Amen. It's just for a moment. And then he says, for that which is uh, what we see is temporal, but what we do not see is eternal. See, we do not see the eternal with our natural eyes. We have to see it with our spirit eyes. And that's why you got to be in the word of God. That's why you got to feed on the word of God and live in that reality and praise God according to that truth. Amen. There's a man named Jehoshaphat. And uh, let's turn back to Second Chronicles. We'll read a couple verses. We don't have time to read the whole story, but I believe it's uh, Second Chronicles 20. And the enemy came up against Jehoshaphat. And the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites came up against him and threatened him and say, and people said, they're coming, they're coming against you, Jehoshaphat. And the Bible said, Jehoshaphat feared. But he called a meeting, got the people together, and he began to pray. And he said, oh, Lord God. And he, he began to extol the Lord and magnify the Lord. And he began to speak back to the Lord his promises for Israel. You see, that's what we have to do. We say, Lord, you remember. <laughs> He's got a good memory, but when we remember, our faith arises, see? And he said, you remember, Lord, what you said, the promise that you gave. And so as he was praying, after he done, got done praying, the prophet stood up and began to speak. Let's see if I can find that. In the 14th verse, it says, in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of all these guys. And he said, pay attention, all Judah and those dwelling in Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord to you, do not fear nor be dismayed because of this great army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I don't know about you, but I like that. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will travel up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the back of the valley before the wilderness of Jeruel. And verse 17, it will not be necessary for you to fight in this conflict. You know, folks, sometimes we're fighting battles that we don't need to fight. Are you hearing me? We're, we're involved in struggles that the Lord will handle for us if we'll let him. Are you here today? Amen. Take your positions. Amen. How do you take your position, spiritually speaking? You get on the word. Amen. Someone came to Smith Wigglesworth and said, 
how do you stand on the promises? And he put his Bible down on the ground. He says, there's 7,000 of them stand on. 7,000 promises in the Bible, in the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. Take your position. Do not fear, be filled with terror. Tomorrow go out before them, and the Lord will be with you. In verse 20 now, so they rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, and those dwelling in Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be supported. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. Everybody say believe. And he consulted with the people and then appointed singers for the Lord and those praising him in holy attire as they went before those equipped for battle, saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were defeated. And it goes on to tell how they fought one another. The enemy fought one another. In other words, confusion came into the enemy's camp as the people went out praising the Lord. Now, normally, you wouldn't send the praise and worship team out first to fight a battle. Amen? But that's exactly what they did. Amen? Folks, you that are involved in praise and worship, I want you to understand you are in a powerful area of ministry. You, you, have, you have a responsibility. Amen? You bring the high praises of God to lead the people into victory. Amen? We call it praise and worship. Today I'm focusing on praise. Maybe sometime we'll talk about worship. That's a little different aspect. Sometimes we just kind of mix things up. But you see, praise is when you shout the victory, when you acclaim God's goodness, when you proclaim his power and glory. Amen? And there's such an anointing of power on that. That is spiritual warfare. Amen? It has the power to change the atmosphere. Amen? Since we're in Second Chronicles, let's go back to the fifth chapter. In the 11th verse, this is the dedication of Solomon's temple. In 2 Chronicles 5, 11, it says, When the priests came out of the most holy faith, the most, I'm sorry, most holy place, for the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without keeping separate divisions. So what that means is they, normally they had, you know, whatever, X number of praise and worship teams. But at this event, they had everybody there. Everybody say everybody. Everybody. They had all the priests. Did you know we're priests? We are priests of the Most High God. And so all the priests consecrated themselves, set themselves apart without keeping separate divisions. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and, and Jedithan, with their sons and relatives, all clothed in fine linen. All these have symbolic meanings. With cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood to the east of the altar, and with them 120 priests who were sounding the trumpets. And it happened when the trumpet players and singers made one sound. Everybody say, one sound to praise and give thanks to the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, everybody say their voice, their voice, 
with the trumpets and cymbals that all the instruments of music and praise the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests were not able to stand in order to serve because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. His presence was thick in the place. Amen. His glory. The, you, know, you know, the Bible tells us God's everywhere. But there's times when he manifests his presence in awesome ways. This is one of them where the glory was so heavy in the place they couldn't even stand up. Have you experienced that? Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. I want God's glory in my life. Amen? And here it tells us that when the, when the church praised him in unison and magnified the Lord and consecrated themselves and put on their linen garments and shouted unto the Lord, the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the glory filled the place. I believe that's what God wants for country church. I believe God wants to fill this place with his glory. I, want, I believe he wants you to see the impossible become possible. I believe he wants you to see the miracles that would astound this community like never before. I believe he wants to see the lame to walk and the blind to see, the deaf to hear. Amen. I believe that these are the things that God wants, and he wants sinners to come to Jesus. Because when the presence of the Lord is like that, his power is irresistible. And strongholds come down. The lies of the enemy are defeated. And the glory of God is revealed in people's lives. Families change. Lives change. Habits are broken. The power of God is in manifestation. That's what we need. And you know, the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. How do you get into the presence of God? How do you get into that place where you can hear his voice and experience his love in such a tangible way? How do you get there? He says the vehicle is praise. The blood of Jesus has made the way but you walk into it by praising him. That's why we have praise and worship. Because the praise is to make the way for the people to come in and worship. Because then we can experience his presence in a tangible way. When we praise him, it breaks down strongholds. It brings forth truth. It changes the atmosphere. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. In Isaiah 61, let's turn there. Isaiah 61, verse 1. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many know some brokenhearted folks that need help? 
to proclaim liberty to the captives. How many know some captives that need to get set free? And the opening of prison to those that are bound, some literally, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of freedom. Freedom from debt. And the day of the vengeance of, of our God to comfort all that mourn, to preserve those that mourn in Zion, to give them what? Beauty for ashes. Some folks' lives are like an ash heap, but he'll give them beauty for those ashes. And the oil of joy for mourning. <laughs> How many know joy is better than mourning? Amen. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. God is glorified when these things happen. Now this, of course, you, you know that in, in Luke 4, Jesus quotes these verses. It pertains to him and to his ministry as the Messiah and to the anointing that was on his life and to the anointing that is here today because we carry the anointing of Jesus. We carry on his work. And so we are to proclaim liberty to the captives and, and uh, heal the brokenhearted. These are things that we are to do in our ministry. But he says he gives that beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And then he said, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, the spirit of heaviness, in common vernacular, we could just say the spirit of depression. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of folks depressed in the world and even in the church. And I come to challenge you, you don't have to be. You can have something better. Why? Because he gave you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He gave you a garment of praise as victory over that spirit of heaviness. You know, recently, about two weeks ago, I was in a, I guess you'd say a funk, a little bit down. Sometimes when you come back from the mission field, it can be that way. I don't know if that's the reason or what the excuse was, but I was just a little down. I was a little discouraged. I was seeing, I was seeing all the negative stuff. How many know there's some negative stuff? And you know what? You can get your eyes on the negative stuff and focus on it, and it can bring you right on down. And I was going to preach two weeks ago, and I was feeling that way, and I got up in the morning, and it was like, I don't know what the Lord did, but I just thought, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Here I am. I'm a blessed man. And there's a few obstacles, but man, Lord, you've taken me all over the world. You've given me a wonderful wife, a wonderful family. We've, we've got a, a roof overhead and more. We're blessed, blessed. We're so blessed. And so I just started praising God for all that he had done in my life and giving him thanks for all the good things. Amen. And I'll tell you, man, my attitude changed in a hurry. And this is the thing about praise. It will change your attitude. Amen. And it will change the atmosphere. And it will even change circumstances. Amen. Remember Jehoshaphat? It sure changed their circumstance. If they had bought into the lie that this enemy is going to swallow you up instead of getting in the word and praising him, they had been defeated. But they believed the Lord and his prophets. 
And they began to praise the Lord, and they went out and defeated the enemy. Amen? And so here I was, Sunday morning, early in the morning, up praising God and thinking, I'll tell you, joy came into my heart. Hallelujah. I began to get happy. I started, I traveled, you know, about three hours to preach. All the way, I'm praising God and praying, and just a spirit of victory is on me. I tell you, I had one of the greatest meetings I've had in that place for a long time. God turned that thing around. See, because he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. But I want to tell you something. You have to put a garment on. Amen. I don't know where you got this nice jacket, Pastor Rich, but you had to put it on. Maybe Fran bought it for you. I don't know. That's right. Amen. (laughs) Amen, sister. But you had to get up and put it on. Amen. And that's what you've got to do with praise. You've got to put it on. Amen. Even when you don't feel like it, you've got to start praising the Lord. That's what we had to do when we're driving around that detour this morning. And Susan was helping me praise the Lord. And we got here on time. Praise the Lord. I tell you, there's so much to be thankful for. And God has given us praise as a weapon for victory. Amen. I believe God sent me to encourage you with this today. You know, so many times the scripture in, let's go to Philippians 4. I, I could quote this one, but I think it's better if we look at it. Philippians 4. And in verse uh, 6, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Wow. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude. Amen. King James says, with thanksgiving, make your request be known unto God. He says we're to pray with thanksgiving. Amen? You know, many times we're just, we're praying, we're making our requests be known unto God, and we're saying, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? I'm crying to you. Oh, God, help me. You know, we're praying that kind of prayer. And that's not all bad. Don't get me wrong. You know, sometimes that's, that's, that's your heart. That's where you're at. But he says, bring in that thanksgiving with your prayer. Because you see, thanksgiving is an act of faith that thank you Lord you're hearing my prayer today thank you this is all working out I don't know how many times I've used that that verse in my life and seen powerful things happen with thanksgiving amen you see get that in your life get that thanksgiving in your life get the murmuring complaining the negative speech hateful speech get all that stuff out and get the word of God coming your mouth. Get praises coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I tell you, every one of us have something to be thankful for. Amen. Praise God. If you're not happy with your husband, just thank God you got a husband. Amen. If your children aren't behaving just right, just thank God you've got children. Amen? 
If you're not happy about everything about your church, just thank God you got a church. Amen. Amen. And I tell you what, if you're Christian, you've got so much to be thankful for. You've got heaven to look forward to. Amen. And these little problems that we face down here are not to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So get thanking the Lord. Amen. I'm not just trying to pump you up, amen. Sometimes you could look at this, you say, well, you, yeah, he's saying just put a positive spin on things. No, no, no. I, I'm saying start looking at things the, the way that they really are because the devil's the one that's always trying to put a negative spin on your life. You have much to be thankful for. You are more than conquerors through him that loves you. Amen. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the devil is defeated. No matter how it looks sometimes. Amen. You are Mr. and Mrs. Victory. Amen. You little guys, you're, you're the victory children. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise your way to victory. Can I have an Amen. Oh, let's just thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory that's ours in Christ Jesus. Let's just stand to our feet and begin to thank and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise God. You know, maybe somebody wants to just shout out a praise or a thanksgiving for something in your life or just just shout it out before everyone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.